0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the young adult minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Check it out. Here we go all right open. Hmm. This looks new think it's safe. What is it? Uh... Okay. Caution. There is a dangerous smell people Hold on. What is that? This is disgust. She basically keeps rye leaf from being poisoned physically and socially That is not brightly colored or shaped like a dinosaur. Hold on guys. It's broccoli <laughs> Yucky. Yeah! Well I just saved our lives, yeah, you're welcome. Riley, if you don't eat your dinner, you're not gonna get any dessert. Wait, did he just say we couldn't have dessert? That's anger. He cares very deeply about things being fair. So that's how you wanna play it, old man? No dessert? Oh, sure, we'll eat our dinner right after you eat this! Riley, here comes an airplane. Oh. Airplane. We got an airplane, everybody. Well, that is a picture of my life currently. Uh, I have a 15-month-old little girl who refuses to eat broccoli, and airplane doesn't work. So, uh, the interesting part is that. Usually the angry one is me, right? Like she's happy go lucky just lives her life. But then I'm the one being like, what is wrong with you? Like eat your vegetables. Like get your life together. You're 15 months old. Like communicate to me. Talk, talk real words, figure out your life, go to bed. Like just all the things, right? Like, oh, like a true picture of my life. So my name is Corey Nickel and I'm a high school principal over at Des Moines Christian And been on Revised Speaking Team here for a few years now. Um, I didn't want this topic for tonight, which is all about anger. Um, And I asked Jamie for a different one, and it was filled already. And, And then she's like, well, this angry one is open, and you'd be really good at it. And I was like, okay, either you know the sins of my heart, and you are... Full of God's wisdom, or God just really wants me here for this. So, God has been doing a lot of work in my life um, through anger, and I, had, you know, like to be honest, I don't, I didn't really start talking about this until probably about a month ago. So, you guys are getting like the real raw stuff tonight, and I'm letting you know right now that I am not an expert on this topic. Um, I am a fellow struggler. And a lot of the information that you're getting tonight, honestly, is from my counselor. <laughs> <laughs> Counselors are great, right? We love those people. And uh, yeah. And, and beyond that, like, it's, it's research that I've done and work in my heart that I've done and words from Christ that I've received. Um, but this series, Unsettled, this idea of finding God's peace in a disrupted world, more than ever before, this past year, I felt that the world got really angry. Angrier than it's ever been. And I started getting really angry. Angrier than I have ever been. And I didn't really understand why. And so I had to dig into that a lot. And, and per that first clip, right? If you've seen the movie Inside Out, right? It's one of those Pixar films that makes you cry. Um, so I just tried to show, it a, f- show a funny clip because if we go any further, we'll all be in tears tonight and we don't want that. Um, if, you th- if you think about that though, like we as humans and the concept of the, the movie Inside Out is that we need all those emotions, right? You need, you need joy, you need disgust, uh, you need anger. But, but then I started thinking about it. I was like, man, when God created the world, and he set it into its perfection, anger didn't actually exist. Because there was no one to get angry at for anyone doing something wrong to you. There was no category of things that we could be rightly and justified in our anger with that is totally sinful and despicable in the world. And thus, anger was not an emotion that any human being made in God's image or animal would need. So what is anger then? It is truly a product of the fall. It is a product of sin in this world that disrupts the peace that God intended. And as much as we think that we can just be the happy-go-lucky masquerade, the facade that I'm always full of joy and I'm always you know happy and I can get through all the stuff, Anger will seep into our lives in ways that we don't realize. And it may not come out directly like we think anger would look like. It actually might be rooted way deep down inside of us in a way that we don't understand. But the output and the anchor to it is this idea of anger. This number has great significance to me $22.79. That's how much it costs to replace a hole in the wall that you make with your fist. I had to learn that the hard way. I remember thinking in the moment before I punched the wall, man, I wonder if I can put a hole in the wall. And then I tried it. And I did. Um, (laughs) And then I remember crying because I was like, well, how much am an idiot am I? Like, I just had a thought about punching a hole in the wall, and I didn't stop myself. Like, I still, I still put the hole in the wall. Like, you dummy. Gosh. But man, the, the emotions that were in me before that moment were this, like, volcano just Growing in power and in angst and anxiety and in stress, and it just got fuming in my head, and then boom, I lost control. Lost control. And it's literally just like that opening scene like the dude just takes over, and his head, you know, goes on fire, and the output of that comes into the world. But it cost me $22.79 and a lot of emotional wrestling. And in this world, when we look at this verse that was read tonight, right? Churning cream produces butter. If we twist the nose or, or punch a nose, it's going to produce blood. So it's basically saying, in the witty way that Proverbs does, get it straight. This stuff is real, and it's pretty simple. It's a matter of fact that when you stir up anger in your life or in someone else's life, There's going to be trouble. There will be trouble. But the message actually says it in a really witty way, right? If you're dumb enough, it's like Corey language, like you dummy, right? If you're dumb enough to call attention to yourself by offending other people and by making rude gestures, like if you're dumb enough to go down that road, then don't be surprised if someone bloodies your nose. Because just like churned milk will turn into butter, well, riled emotions will turn into fist fights or word fights or internal fights. And guess what, people? Because of sin, we're dumb enough. We're dumb enough to go down that road day after day, night after night. And in fact, we're in a generation, right? Whether you're a millennial or maybe some of you are young enough to be, you know, centennials, whatever. They are called these days, Generation Z. Um, we, we both, m- millennials and centennials, are um, the smartest people ever to come through. Hooray us. Right? We're the most physically advanced people to ever come through. Go us. And we are the dumbest people ever to come through. <laughs> When it comes to our social emotional well-being, we are, and that's flat out the truth. And because of that, we often are dumb enough to call attentions to ourselves. because guess what, who matters the most in the universe? Me. And uh, by doing that, we offend people. And when we offend people, we ended up, you know, doing it through rude gestures. gestures, you know, like we sometimes could be a finger that goes somewhere. Shouldn't, you know, like, it could be a words that we say. It could be separating friendships. And then, yeah, we're going to get punched back in the face, too. And so through that, I think we have to understand what anger really is, right? So this definition of anger is probably the best that I've ever found. And it says this, anger is an experience. It's not a singular moment. It's not just a reaction. It's actually a whole experience going on. That occurs when a goal, a value, or an expectation in the note in red that I, because I'm the center of the universe, I, have chosen, has been blocked, or when my sense of personal worth is threatened. That's truly when anger will come out. Can you identify those times in your life? When your goal, your expectation, your value was blocked, shut down by somebody else, and then thus, you felt threatened in some way. And you maybe didn't understand why, but then that bubbling of anger comes your way. So this experience then involves emotions, our physiology, our physical self, like you can feel anger growing inside of you, right? Like a volcano. And the cognitive processes, because we're dumb enough to go down this, this route, and then it expresses itself towards ourself internally, towards others externally, or the environment around us. That's anger. It's very simple in its being, in its definition, but it's very complex in the way that we actually handle it. And we tend not to handle it very well. And so I thought tonight that we would like break down anger. Okay? So I had this vision about creating this, this flow chart of like how anger works and trying to help you through the process of how we feel it, where we get to it, and then what's right and wrong in that process, all right? So anger, I think the first thing we have to think about is, is our anger justified? Is there a valid reason in this world that we live that it, that, that, that emotion of anger should exist, Okay. Now let's just take a pause. Lots of us like to rationalize this right away. Like, of course I'm justified, right? That person took my parking spot in the target parking lot. And now I have to walk light years farther to get where I want to go. And it is way too hot outside. So yeah, because I cussed them out in my car and they couldn't hear me. Doesn't really matter. Well, that's not justified. Right. That is personal. So justification, right, the master of justification is God. God has righteous anger. He is fully just in how he judges and how he values and his morals and ethics. But we are not. Like I said at the beginning, we are fallen and sin has distorted us with how we use anger. And so if it's not justified okay, which is, I would say, 90% of our anger in our lives, well, then you're just lashing out in sin, right? Can we understand that to be a truth? If it's not justified, which is, again, 90% of how our anger will work, it is purely just lashing out, that outward expression, like we're trying to bloody somebody's nose on purpose, and it's sinful. We shouldn't do that. Now... On the other side of it, if it is truly justified, okay, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the 10%, okay? If it is justified, Jesus had justified righteous anger too. If you go to Matthew, I believe chapter 21, he comes into Jerusalem and he starts flipping tables, right? I think it's everybody's favorite verse to use when they're angry to justify why they're angry. But that only works 10% of the time. Because when Jesus came in, he flips tables. He reminds the people there. He, he, he's like, what you are doing is not God's law. You are manipulating the people, taking advantage of them in order to make a profit. This is God's house. It is free. It is for a purpose that we would all be given our sacrifice, our sin at the altar, that we could be forgiven. And you're manipulating that system. It is not right. It's not for you. He had justified real anger in that moment. But also, he knew when to flip tables, and Jesus knew when to love his enemy. Because if you know anything about the Pharisees, okay, Pharisees being these religious zealots, who know all the law, and they use the law to manipulate and and control people, and they poke you a thousand times when you don't follow it, and they say, you're not good, you're evil, you owe us money, you need to go do this, you got to be separated from the whole. And all they want to do is be these powerful people, these Pharisees, who control the whole system, Right? They are the people that showed up in Jesus' life and time and time again just picked him, uh, prodded him. And, And I tell you what, if any of us were in that situation, we would have been like his disciple Peter, who whipped out a knife and cut off an ear or done worse. But Jesus, in all of that, knew that his justified response to how he felt emotionally was not to do that and lash out because it would be sinful and he was perfect. So instead, what did he do? He loved them. He corrected them wisely with his words. He reiterated a different law back to them. But that's the issue, right? You and I don't often have the mind space, the heart space, the emotions to do that well. And so then, if if we are gonna be in a world where we're actually lashing out, then what's causing that? One of those roots that's gonna be an anger that is lashing out, which is in sin, is actually gonna come out of shame. It's gonna come out of this belief that I am a bad person. But recognize that this is what we do when we realize that we're bad, that something's wrong with me, that I'm sinful. Well, we don't tell the world about it, do we? And instead of being open and honest with our shame, this idea that that I am bad, we end up controlling a narrative and controlling every process around us to ensure that no one in our lives can figure out that I am struggling with my self-image of shame, how I feel really bad about who I am, or what I've done, or the story that I've created, or the things in that closet that I don't want anybody to open up. And out of that shame, instead of confessing it, and handling it, we create a negative or a narrative of control that allows us then to overreact and we we domineer those people around us, and oftentimes that will come out in anger then. Because what is the one thing that I will protect forever? It is that no one knows that I messed up. Because I'm a perfectionist. Because actually I, I've got to have it all together for my family who doesn't have it all together. Because I am the only one in this world that if I don't have it, if if I'm not perfect and I'm not 100% in and if I'm not excelling at my job and if my boyfriend or girlfriend don't love me or my husband or wife, my kids, if if they figure out that I have one crack in me and the dam's gonna explode, well, well, then it's all over. And so to control all of that, I will domineer the situation, exert my anger and say, I own it, let me do it. That's the end. And along the way, we hurt people, we say things, we do things, we act out, we erupt, and we ruin it. And then we withdraw, quiet and alone, and we struggle with the shame, and we don't take care of it, and then we go back and we get angry again. And we get angry over things that don't matter at all. But because it's what? Go back all the way, let's see if I can do this. If we go all the way back, to here, sorry, almost, if we go all the way back here, because we can't control the goal, the value, or the expectation anymore. It has been blocked and someone is messing with it. And so what is threatened? My personal worth. That's that's what we're trying to cover up. And so that's the first root of anger that sometimes we don't understand is actually there, but that shame is getting us. I want to go back here really quick, too. Know that 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 world of 10%, there are things to get really angry about. Human trafficking, absolutely. I'm super angry about that. Child abuse, I'm super angry about that. Genocide, I'm super angry about that. God's children and people being discriminated and, and being held down and, 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 and being bonded by governments and, and inequalities. Like, I get super angry about that. We're allowed to have that anger. That is justified anger. That's real. That's rationalized. But this type of anger, that's out of shame, that's justified. We, we take some explanation of ourselves that it can be the next one is that we actually have anger out of hurt something happens in our life someone wounds us they say something they do something and our reaction to it is that well I'm let down I'm let down that they didn't do what I expected them to do I'm let down because they didn't say what I needed to hear in that moment and they could have had 100% good intent behind it but it's not what I wanted to hear and so I'm let down I'm let down and when we're let down, we get really hurt. And when we're really hurt, we start to manipulate the situation, right? How do we do that? Well, we do it out of jealousy and irrationality. And we start, we start throwing darts at other people like, hey, you're actually way worse than I am. Have you looked at yourself lately? Like, this is the storyline of every love story in a movie, right? They just start like, we're in love. Oh, my goodness. Well, like, I don't really like you. Oh, my gosh. Well, you're worse than me. Well, then let's break up. Oh, my goodness. Blah. pretty good, huh? Every love story in every movie. Out of hurt. People get angry. Relationships break. Whether it's in your job or it's a, you know, lovey-dovey relationship or it's your parents, your siblings. And people will die with this in their coffin because they do not want to admit that out of shame, they were actually the one in the wrong, and out of hurt, they fought a fight that actually had no meaning behind it at all. We're better than that. The last root that comes for us is out of transference. Transference being that there's actually something that happened to me in the past, probably where I was hurt, Probably where shame grew, that I have been journeying, and it's been connected, it's been chained to me throughout my life, and as I go, I transfer the emotions and the hurt and the pain from that situation onto the other people around me, onto the environment around me, onto myself, because of what happened way back there, and because I never dealt with it and gave it to God like I should. And so that transference, right, it's truly this idea that I am struggling. I cannot get over this hard place. It's connected to me. I cannot disappear from it. And this is a really scary world because it's where we truly erupt like a volcano. It's where we actually blame everyone else and we never take ownership of our own issues at all. Can you think about anger in your own lives for me for a second? In your last angry spell, where was yours rooted? Where did the lashing out come from? It's dirty stuff. It's stuff that hurts. It's stuff that when we get real with it, we get really shy and we withdraw and we cry and we think, how did I get there? Because I don't want it. I don't wanna react that way. I don't want to, to live this way, but I can't, I can't let go of it. I, I can't move through it. I don't mean to. That's where I got. I didn't wanna be angry. I didn't want to lash out in anger, but I, I just couldn't figure out where it was coming from. So I had to start, start a journey of discovery. The biggest thing for us as Christians is, is that when others are unsettled in anger in our presence, okay, this is where we have a choice. When someone else brings their shame, their hurt, their transference in the sinful and broken world to us, into our presence, I have a choice. I don't have to let the little red guy in my head take over the controls, press it forward and start an eruption. I don't have to let him. There are levels of me that can stop it before I get there. So when someone comes into our lives, we have the choice to magnify that situation and make it even worse or bring the love of Christ, which is peace. And peace in a really hostile situation is beautiful. It's what Jesus was the best at. And to be honest, it's what we're the worst at. And so how do we do that? I wanted to give you five questions tonight that leading to resolving the anger in the moment, you can like ask yourself these. You can reflect on these after you've messed up, you can reflect on these if you're really good. It's called declarations in the moment, right? Like in your head or even out loud while something's happening, you can start being like, okay, what is true? 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 I don't actually hate this person. I don't actually want to punch the wall. I actually, I don't want to do that. Okay, if that's not, okay, where's the truth coming from? Where's the truth coming from? Is it from the enemy, the devil, or is it from God? Okay, let me figure that. out. Okay, just find the truth. And the truth is, I don't have to go there. I don't have to sow sin with sin. I don't have to. I don't have to repay evil with evil. I don't have to. I don't have to repay anger with more anger. I don't have to. Okay, so if the truth is that I need to bring God's love, okay, then how can I turn to God for help? What can I do in this moment when this person's in my face or this situation's going on, or I'm just on the couch and someone says something from left field and all of a sudden I've had a bad day and I just wanna lurch and go, what can I do when I turn to God for help? Do I start praying? Do I start reciting the Lord's Prayer? For me, it's this prayer, um, I say like, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. (laughs) that's a big reminder for me. Like, Cor, you are not perfect. You don't have it all together. You're really a worthless dum-dum. And so please get your life together because you're a sinner. Okay, good. Yes, Jesus is much bigger and greater than I am. Okay, I'm a sinner. Yeah, I can really mess this up right now. I don't want to do that. Whew, right? So what's it for you? What prayer? What reminder? Number three, how should then you respond in the situation? Big part, to glorify God. Not to glorify yourself. Not to win the battle of the day, not to defend your shame, not to do it out of hurt, not to transfer something from the past, but actually just take a step back away from this heated situation and truly glorify God with your next word, with your next breath. It's really hard, but it's what God's asking us to do. And then four, what are going to be the consequences of faith and obedience? And here's what that means. When I step back from the situation, and this person is venomous in my face, or there's a really bad situation going on around me, and I decide to take the high road, do you think everybody's going to have a great narrative about me? No. They're going to be like, oh, come on. Are you a loser? You can't step up and fight your own fight? Oh my goodness, is this because you're a Christian? That you can't cuss anymore, that you don't want to say these me, that you want to fight me in the streets? I don't know if you any of you in that world, but hey, it could happen, right? <laughs> in, in a high school world, you never know. Because they say that. They're like, oh, you're too good, you can't punch me. Like, no, I don't want to do that. Anyway. But we have to think about that. Like, what are gonna be the consequences that that others are gonna manipulate against us because where are they acting out of? Shame and hurt and transference. And they're gonna wanna turn the story on us that all of a sudden, because we decided to step back and say, hey, I love you. Let's let's breathe here. Let's figure this out. The consequences might be they might punch you in the face and you didn't get a swing yourself. (laughs) And what does Jesus say? Just turn the other cheek. Let them do it again. Then you have a really good story. We have to have we have to have the ability to think through that situation. This book that Jamie plugged tonight, right? Forgiving what you can't forget. Uh, Jamie and I were hosting online church this weekend, and we were plugging this book for the first time. You know, I had no clue what the book was. The church does. I don't. So I was like, I better look in this book. So I started flipping through. Remember, Jamie told me that I could only speak about anger, and so then all of a sudden, I flip, and then just boom! This page lands straight open. I'm like. Like, God, you are speaking to me, okay? Because this is exactly what I'm talking about tonight, okay? Let's look at this. In every narrative, when, when hurt and pain comes our way, right, what does God want from us? Look right up there at the top. God wants me to speak life over others. Did we not talk about that tonight? No one listened. Okay, all right. <laughs> Let's start over. Let's start over. Okay. So, can we roll the clip? <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. God wants us to speak life over us. Say, say amen. Amen. Okay, he, we want to speak. So, but what does the enemy want? What is he going to try and do in our head and our hearts? The enemy wants me to tear down others with my words, with my actions. The enemy wants me to start a bigger fight. He wants me to go out there and kick somebody and put them down and keep kicking them. That's what he wants. But We can't get there. Right, so then, so then what happened? She turned to the Lord. This is her personal journal. She started pursuing scripture. Because remember, go back. Remember these questions like, how can I turn to God for help? Oh, scripture. So she looks at Ephesians 4, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. And then she keeps going. Okay, so what's my theme? What should I do? Well, I need to speak words that are beneficial for the situation, not hurtful. But what does the enemy want out of me? They want me to belittle or tarnish so that I can feel better about me. Oh, yeah, that's what I want. But that's not what my spirit wants. That's not what God wants. You know what? After that situation, when we choose love and we bring peace, that doesn't mean that we're not still hurt. Right? That we're not still actually feeling the pain of someone else's anger. And so then she leads us well, let's begin this process. Let's progress into this issue. Let's suppress the radical, irrational emotions around it. Let's digress away from the evil thoughts in our heads that might tell us a different story. And let's regress into this confession that, hey, maybe I had something to do in there, too. And then let's forgive. And I think that's what resolves anger a lot, right? That if we can just forgive. And so in the Bible, he gives this commissioning verse in James, and I think it's so good to wrap up anger, right? It says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, not to throw a fist, We should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and even slower to become angry. Because human anger, well, that does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Why? Because anger is a product of the fall. It is icky. It's like broccoli trying to come into your mouth as a toddler. You just don't want it. And you (laughs) will spit it back on dad every night. You just will. But God desires more from us. But I want to give you a challenge with that. Because this verse in James, it keeps going on. Because I want to let you know it's not an easy process. And it says, do not just merely listen to this. Oh, that's like my favorite thing at Revive Talks. If y'all just came here tonight and said, oh, what a good word, Corey. You're awesome. I'd be like, that's dumb. What'd you do with it? And you'd be like, I don't know. It sounded good. Well, then we didn't do anything tonight, did we? No. If you're just here to listen, then deceive yourself that way. That's silliness. It's like my high school kids. They remember what happened yesterday. So they're just lost in class the next day. Your anger won't change. Your life won't improve if our listening doesn't turn into action. So do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. We're better than that, family. We're more mature than that. And to be honest, like, that's why I call myself a dum-dum. Because I know that, and yet I still struggle with it. So know that leaving here tonight it doesn't have to be perfect, it doesn't have to be glorious, but it could be that extra breath that you take round one. And then it can be that word that you say round two, and then it can be that forgiveness that you offer in round three. And then it can be that conversation that you have in round four. And then it could be that lifestyle that you create in round five. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself in the midst of any shame or guilt or hurt or transference that you're in a place where you can say, God, I want to bring your peace. I want to bring your love. Because it's way greater than any word or desire that I have. Y'all are beautiful people. And know that you're not a professional at life. Lots of times, your next step, your next moment, your next day, you've never journeyed that before. You've never encountered this conversation or situation ever before. So you're not expected to get it perfectly and do it right. So have grace with yourself. And have grace with others who also we shouldn't expect to have it all right. May the Lord bring peace to your hearts and love to your words and actions. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us sinners. Lord, you are good beyond all measure. And you are so good that your anger that you exhibit in your life is perfect. It is fully just. It is beautiful. Lord, it is full, full of everything that we really struggle to possess. And so God, tonight we wanna hand that to you. Right now, everyone in this room is thinking, Lord, they're thinking about those three sections of shame, of hurt, of transference that they might've struggled with, the the last situation of anger in their life that happened and occurred, and they're trying to pull it back right now, Lord, And, and the challenge is to put it inside the throne room and lay it at your feet. God, that we could let go of our, our personal desire to handle it and give it to you, Lord, and that, that you would have all reign and justification over it and that we would just take a step back and feel peace. So God, bring that tonight. Bring peace to these people. Give them courage to say words and actions of love and give them confidence that by following you, their life will get better, that at your cross, life is full of beauty and goodness and grace. Lord, we give this to you in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out scouts.